It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast. Hello again, I'm Luke. And I'm occasionally on this podcast and I edit the site, thecustardtv.com. Hello again to Matt in the northern area. It's officially winter now. We've had the clocks have gone back. And you've got a polar neck on. That's how we know. polar neck on. That's a shame. I've got gloves on. Why have you actually got gloves? I thought you were joking. (laughs) Is it really that cold? I'm keeping my fingers nice and warm. They get a bit dry in the cold. I don't know where to go from that, so I'll just say, <laughs> Hi, Dawn! Hello! Because we don't require a um, a negative test, Dawn is the first guest to join us on the podcast with active COVID racing through her bloodstream. Your fingers don't, don't dry up as well, do they? No, I'm, and in fact, I'm actually very sweaty, so that's a lovely oh, image for God. you. <laughs> oh. Comes to something when I'm the healthy one on this podcast, because that doesn't happen very often at all. So, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with people on this podcast. So, Matt asked me back. I said I'd do it. He said he doesn't know what shows. And then I like how I have to the... ask you back now. I, I like you that do. It's... Basically, the question is, do you want to do this week's yes. podcast? If I titled these episodes as Friends titles, this would be the one where we had a week off. I was really seething with you for making me sit through these shows. And then I did... The French Walter Presents drama last. I did that this morning just for time. I wanted to concentrate on it, sit in front of it, read all the French. I didn't do too well in French. So I go to the Channel 4 website. It's there in the front page. Hit play, watch it. Got about 15 minutes in. I'm like, well, this is weird, but there's... But I'm used to drama starting sort of in the middle of the plot now and probably flashing back. Then I remember 15 minutes in that you've got my All Four account, so it's playing episode two because you'd signed into <laughs> my All Four and it was just automatically playing episode two. You haven't even got your own All Four account that you use. So I had to watch 15 minutes of the second episode of a French drama and then start the episode again because I remembered you were signed in as... I am seething with you this weekend. You won't need those gloves because I'm going to make you hot and sweaty. That that bit's understandable. The rest is on you. It's personal opinion. But yes, I apologise. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. 
this week we're going to be talking the return of Ant and Dex, I'm a Celebrity, to the Australian jungle. We're going to be talking Blockbuster, the new comedy from Netflix. The aforementioned French drama is They Were Ten, which is a sort of an adaptation of Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, which has already been expertly adapted. Adapted? Adapted? <laughs> or ad- adapted, it kind of works by Sarah Phelps a few years ago on the BBC. And we're also going to be talking about The Horn Section, a new comedy from Alex Horn that's already on all forums and comes to Channel 4 next week. So what do you want to talk about first, Matt? I'm a Celebrity, I think, is the big the big is show it? and the big talking point this week. So peering back the curtain, we are recording this on Sunday afternoon before the show airs and our future selves will be talking about the first episode tomorrow which will be you expect to be wearing gloves tomorrow i would like some continuity okay let me see them again this is on the webcam they're fingerless gloves so So i can type (laughs) there are some times that i really gel with matt and there are other times so he said he's wearing gloves because his fingers go dry skin between my fingers it is it's it's not my fingertips they're not in the gloves, are they? Let me see again. Where goes dry? There. Can't you have the little heating on and just sit there and warm your fingers by the fire or the heating <laughs> unit? Or... I worry about you. I appreciate that I don't pay you to appear on the podcast. No, exactly. But do... Or at all. All the things I do for you. Yeah, but you get your own back in certain ways. Anyway, we've, we've drif- I feel like we've drifted. No, I feel like we stayed right on topic. What I was interested in discussing. Go on. I suppose first thoughts. I, I know that the big story, which we'll get to in a moment, but first thoughts on the opening lineup. I, I suppose any anyone's surprises at all on there, or the big names. I would say initially were Boy George, Chris Moyles and Mike Tindall, I'd say, were the three big names. So. It's very sexist of you to say that the men were the only big names there, Matt. Well... I did pick up on that, and I'm not happy about it. Apologies to Scarlett Douglas. Somehow you made it worse. I don't know how you did it, but you made it worse. Dawn, do you have a relationship with the show? It, it was therapy for me one year. Oh, God. That, oh, I didn't mean to peel back the curtain that far. Yeah, my partner at the time said he possibly wanted to split up with me on the Sunday that it launched, but he needed some time to think about it. Did he actually one... say? Did he actually say I'm going to break up with you on the Sunday that I'm a celebrity launches? Because that's very specific. <laughs> didn't quite see that. Okay. Did it depend on the lineup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who and was, was voted was... out first? He was Dawn. Really... <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was away for five days and. So he's coming back to tell me on the Fridays. And that was the year that uh, Joe Pasquale won. <laughs> so, to add uh, insult to injury. <laughs> 2004, I believe. 2004, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, wow. uh, Still so I really, stings. I, no, it got me through, and I, and I really like it. And the run up to Christmas, I don't know why. It's, you know, it's one of those things strictly comes on, and then I'm a yeah. celebrity after that. But I didn't watch it last year, and I, I can't remember why. Luke so didn't watch it either. I did didn't you? watch it last year. I think the castle was a massive letdown. I think it yeah. it felt like they were on a TV set. I know the jungle is a TV set, but it feels more sort of raw and dangerous, and we sort of know what it is capable of throwing at them. The castle didn't seem to be any real jeopardy there. It felt like it was a, a made-for-TV thing, even though I know 
in the back of my mind the jungle is as well but yeah i didn't watch it i didn't miss it either to my to my surprise because even on the army celebrities i don't particularly like i enjoy the anton deck their sort of banter they're great on the show but i didn't miss it at all watching it last year and I'm not sure I'm that keen on it this year, to be honest, because the patterns are always the same. They'll be dangling off a ledge and mm. walking along big things. And on the car park. So the rhythms are always the same. And look, I don't know a lot about the people behind the personas this year, but I'd like some fire this year. I know I'm a celebrity, we like it because it's all about the camaraderie. and But I also like... The infighting, I'm a sucker for that, and I don't think this, I don't think this group will do it based upon what I think I know about their outward personas. Because to do well I, I on the show, you have to be a nice person. Nice people win. I'm a celebrity. I think Boy George could be, mm. could be the you know Johnny Rotten type, a bit of a diva, a bit of a mm, maybe. But I don't know. You need a disruptor, don't you? I think yeah. is what Luke's saying. You need like a Gillian McKeith springs to mind. Oh, I'd, yeah, I'd or... love her if she came back in. <laughs> lady Colin Campbell. Yeah, exactly. We need a lady in there. I predict that Babatundi might win. That's my prediction mm, because mm, he is very likable. Very likable on Google Box, and I think if he has that, if that's his personality, very. Um, I don't know, it just seems lovely. But also, obviously, because he's a comedian, he's going to be funny too. So, and that's a, a pretty good mix. It all, at the end of the day, depends on the edit, doesn't it? And how often... How pretty much, much like the podcast. How much someone's sort of showing on screen. I, I mean, I did watch bits of last year. I think they struggled last year because they had all the storms or something, didn't they? So they had to leave for a few days and come back, which has never happened before. And it spoiled the flow to an extent and obviously spoiled the timings of things when people got eliminated and and, and things like that. But just it, on that original lineup again, I suppose we've got Mike Tyndall and there was some controversy there, wasn't there, a little bit about, oh, he's, part, he's married into the royal family. And I was thinking no one kicked up a fuss when he did the jump years ago. It's funny that, isn't it? Ski ski jumping celebrity show that that everyone remembers. Or Charlene White, which Luke was a bit upset by because she's a serving newsreader. How do you feel about this, Dawn? (laughs) My feeling is, if you're a person in that position of power as a newsreader, your job is to read the news, not give your opinions, and then when you finish that work, you can do what Michael Burke did years ago and join the jungle or you can go off and do other things. Her brand is already skewed because she's reading the news at 10 occasionally, then she's on Loose Women, then she's on Gogglebox. But what do you think, Dawg? Because my theory is that she should... I know she's trying to build her brand, but I don't... I'm not comfortable with a serving newsreader in there. Well, you say it, but because she's in Loose Women, her job in Loose Women is to give her opinion. Mm. So I think she's already gone down that path i'm not upset by it i would be i mean imagine if it was christian Guru Murphy. oh god <laughs> yeah would... oh god yeah or clive Myrie. yeah, yeah. But i don't think that i don't think they do it i don't think but they'd be allowed do you... to do it what i suppose i'm getting at is i don't think news readers should have an opinion on things i think they're supposed to be impartial read the auto cue and be a person of authority and i don't think that I think her brand is a bit confused and I don't think she'll be in there. 
maybe that's what she wants is that she wants to get out of news and be more of a personality mm. and yeah. because it, as you say if you're on the news your personality she, is never yeah. going to come yeah. uh, and as Dawn says, I think now she's on Loose Women, that, mm. you know, she already does that. So I don't think it's um, that much of a, of, a, of a leap for her to then do The Jungle. I think if she just did the news, then it would be different. But... Is it still a big ratings winner, do we know? I noticed I they're promoting right the hell out last, of it. Last year, it did. I think they're wanting, though, this to be, you know, our return to the a return to Australia... It, it's back properly after after two years, you know, where we haven't been able to do it. And I think maybe, you know, something that Dawn brought up about that element of escapism is lost when you're in cloudy Wales. And being outside, I think, is a big deal as well, because, you know, being in the castle, they're indoors. And being somewhere completely foreign, I think, gives it that sense of escapism. So I think it will get the people tuning in. I suppose, you know, Luke, you, you will be tuning in, but we... Is it just a case of we'll see what happens and we might stick with it if if we yeah, like the characters? I, or... I think the start of any reality show, and I don't watch many, but I'm going back to the days of Big Brother, The Apprentice. The starts are always the weakest because you're trying to work out who you can latch on to, who you like, who you don't. If they end up sort of repeating the greatest hits with the walking off a ledge and going in a boat and stuff... I feel like even the last series in the jungle felt quite repetitive. The task they were doing, the camp leader. I know they're all the beats of the show, but because I've watched it so religiously for so long, they don't but surprise me. I suppose the argument would be that if they weren't there, people would be, well, why haven't they done this this year? I enjoy this. The yeah, bit I... that I I don't, you know, of all those beats is the bit where they're always competing for immunity and it's like, well, it's just the first vote. That seems to be, oh, we've got like a, a spare five days where we're not doing anything. We need to put something in here or people lose interest. And I, I think uh, that has changed over the years because I think in the early days, there was a lot more emphasis on dynamics within the group. You know, a lot. Of, even if we go back to Peter Andre and Katie Price, there was a lot of yeah. them just sitting around talking, getting to know each other. Now I feel like they're being bombarded with all these tasks that... Mm. are very similar, being buried underground, eating this, being locked in this room. And I feel like what's what got lost is some of the personalities. Some of them, over the last few years, you go, oh, I forgot they were still in there because they, they get no focus. Mm. So I think what they've forgotten, just to let the camp breathe a little bit and not be so focused on the task. And I think that is the producers thinking, what if these people we've booked don't click together and don't make interesting telly so at least if we're giving them tasks to do people can get lost in that but or, that's not what i like about or the show. is it ratings based as well as in we're losing people here you know this is when people are starting to drop off i know you enjoy that but if there's a, a large amount of people who yeah. are dropping off after the initial few days is this a way to sort of keep them on board by keeping it sort of you know the action constant we talked uh, about one... this for far too long so let's talk Look, about the elephant I, I, in the room matt hancock i do feel sorry for everyone in the lineup that this is the only thing anyone's talking about i understand why he's agreed to do it i think it's completely wrong because we all have our views on this person 
I hate this. I, if anything's going to stop me watching, it will be. That's what you look like today in the bloody... Um... I said that what, before we started recording. Oh, I didn't pick up on it. That's how you look like today in the Polonek. I said it was my tribute. Sorry, Sorry I didn't pick up on that. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's right. I think some people should stay in their lane. I think he's going to hog all the limelight. I don't think he's going to come off well. I think he's going to be voted for all the trials that are going, and I think he'll be voted out first, whether he's good, bad, or indifferent. I think like Nadine Doris was. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, he'll need the money now because he's going through a divorce after he had that affair." Some people are saying he's trying to get like a new. Uh, profile is he sort of going to be the next Ed Balls? Perhaps I suppose is the is the biggest comparison. But you know when he did Strictly, he was no longer an MP. That's the that's the yeah. difference, isn't it? But I think yeah. that's what he's looking for, isn't it? Trying to sort of carve that similar thing that that Ed Balls has sort of carved for himself. I think that's the model that you know these MPs well, turned they, entertainers they are, are looking um, for. They are framing it that he wants to use it as a platform for his. Uh fight against dyslexia um, well that's a load of nonsense yes. um, <laughs> i suppose the first one who did this was george galloway on celebrity big brother he was the first serving mp i believe who did reality tv and um, that went so well didn't it so in fact that still makes me feel a bit just his name coming up then you know where my mind went is it the lycra or the cat the, always the cat never the lycra always the cat so we will now cross to our future selves, having watched the launch night of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. We are now in the future, and the future looks bright. Dawn doesn't suffer so much with COVID today. Matt's yep. had a haircut despite not having long hair when we recorded just. It grows in my hair. It doesn't grow long, but it grows in. What, so into your scalp? It... Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Yeah, like sort of thick, it goes thick, is what I mean. Right, right. It doesn't I... get long, but it's, Dawn knows what I mean, don't you? Yes, yeah. You're wearing the polar neck. I didn't think the polar neck was that. It's a different colour. It's a different colour. It's a different Different one. I own more than one. Nobody should own more than one polar neck. I don't think that's the first thing. Do you prefer this one or the other one? The other one. No question. I didn't even have to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Dawn, why don't you talk us through? Um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Episodes one and two, if you could. I thought that as soon as you're back in Australia, it felt more energized it felt more lively 
than it did in Wheels, no offence to Wheels. It felt like you were back with it properly. And Act and Deck's intros and banter and whatever, it was uh, brilliant as ever. Absolutely uh, spot on with the running jokes that they started from the first episode with uh, Boy George's song, finding the little things that they can about the, the um, contestants from the start and magnifying them, which is, is what they're so good at. And mm. they're interacting with each other and the, and the contestants. I think without it, it definitely wouldn't be the same show. It wouldn't have been a success. First thoughts on the cast, Matt? Okay. Uh, again, you know, we watched the, the first two, which helped because, as you rightly said, Luke, on the first one, it's sort of task, task, task. I mean, your your predictions were quite good in a way, weren't they? The uh, Yes. We did have the old car park thing, although they did it slightly differently. The deserted island, which we've, pro- we've had in the past, but not for a yeah. while. I remember... Yeah. Gino DeCamper and Sam Fox being on the deserted island at some point on one of the shows. It um, worries me that you remember that, but I also slightly remember that, so that worries <laughs> me as well. And probably Dawn does as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. And Dawn was right. I think Babatunde is, is you know, very charismatic. He's very likeable. Obviously, he's been voted t- the first task because he was the first person to do the I'm a Celebrity because he couldn't walk on that plank I think in episode two, we got more personality, which, Luke, you, you know, you were saying that's what you look for. And I mm. think the, the scene with Mike Tyndall doing the raps to Vanilla Ice and, and Boom Shake the Room, I think, was possibly your highlight. I'm not yes. sure. Yeah, anything uh, that, that shows the people as the people as the people that they are is the bit that I always gravitate towards. The only sort of footage of they've got someone negatively reacting was Boy George with the, the mushrooms. But, As Dawn you know, predicted. Yeah, he said he could George be, a bit, be... be a bit difficult. Not specifically the mushrooms, because that would have been terrifying, yeah. but um, just that it be... might be a little bit difficult. Dawn, you sent some comments about this, about Owen Warner and his sort of Joey essex That was exactly my point. Got that on the first night, but when I was watching it last night and he, you know, he was asking all these sort of silly questions, it did remind me of when I used to work at the post office and we had an 18-year-old lad who worked with us briefly. He does remind me of that. I think Joey Essex is more extreme in the I don't know how to tell the time, that sort of thing. Or blow my own nose. It's believable that I've just remembered that yeah. it's believable that someone possibly wouldn't know who Mike Tyndall's married to. Seems very much someone who goes to work and acts on Hollyoaks. Can we put that in a, in uh, speech marks or inverted commas? I mean, we can't do it on the I podcast. I did. I did the okay, inverted. Sorry, commas. I'm trying not to make direct eye contact with I the polynesians. Okay. <laughs> You know, he goes probably goes down the gym for a good two or three hours and then probably goes out for the night. So I don't know how switched on he is to who everyone is. And, you know, like he said about Scarlett, she's from a place in the sun, Boy George says, and he says, where? Whereabouts? <laughs> you know, yeah. I suppose it's like Boy George had probably read up on exactly who was going to be going into the jungle with him because I doubt he watches a place in the sun religiously, but Boy the, George. But the, the thing is, though, if this to just jump forwards and backwards at the same time if this was and then and then there were none he'd be the first one killed on the island wouldn't he he'd be the well, first one gone well actually first it turned out it was olivia atwood though well done sir <laughs> the power of the power of the neck strikes again 
what did we think of her and what what do we think of her leaving? I thought she was surprisingly good. I was really surprised by her. When I saw, you know, Love Island contestant, I thought she was going to be a bit like Owen. But she seemed very bright. <laughs> she made some funny remarks. I can't think of them just now, but she, there was a few things she said that were very sort of sharp. Because they've said it's under medical grounds, don't they? I mean, we were sort of theorising at work today that it might be some sort of busted implant after she fell out, you know, she jumped out of the plane. And it said that she went for some sort of routine checks and then they had to get her checked out more, which would suggest mm. it's something like that. Yeah, but you've got to have a medical to go in and she was obviously chosen to jump from the helicopter because they knew she was medically fit to do it. So yeah. there is some mystery shrouded in it. What I do like as well is watching the opening credits and seeing what pose everyone's decided to do. Someone always does the, the air kisses. One of the men always does the buttoning up the suit jacket, which Mike Tindall's done this year. And Chris Moyles has very much gone for the Michael Burke shrug. Oh, yes, I am doing this. I, I'm as yes. disappointed in myself as you are, sort of look. What do we think of Moyles? I'm waiting for him to relax and not be so self-aware, which self-aware. always takes a while to, to happen. And I don't know whether it will happen. But that's I what think I'd it's like. it's a very self-aware year. I know you said on Twitter, Luke, about them... Not knowing that task, uh, the the you know the the plank one, I know that Charlene White when they're in the helicopter did point it out and know what it was, and you know they were very wary when they said you know you're going to be VIPs. That I think it is a, a a cast who've watched the show before more or less and know what's going to happen. Dawn and I were saying that with Olivia Atwood gone, there isn't anyone for a potential romance with. The guy with the abs. I'm assuming that's what the show was hoping for, but won't happen now. I don't know. They haven't really sort of pushed romances in the last few years, have they? I don't. I can't remember what the last one was. I mean, Dawn won't watch it if there are no ships in there. (laughs) I was also saying that the cast is very old, and yet they want to skew it towards a sort of younger Mm. family audience, and everybody's of a similar age in there at the moment apart from Scarlett maybe it's a family audience rather than a young audience you know so kids and parents watching together what about Charlene Luke because you were a bit skeptical about her going in I'm all right at the moment early days I'll be interested to see what happens assuming her and Matt Hancock are there together which they will be because they're going in he's going in tomorrow he'll be on tomorrow won't he? he's going in today tuesday but won't see it see it till wednesday because it'd be interesting whether she can you know whether she calls him out on it on anything but yeah everybody to a point is really affable and warm and it is it is an easy show to watch when it works and they get the right people it does work i don't know if it's a point viewing for me yet but I'm going to stick with it because there's virtually nothing else on the TV. Dawn, does it feel like appointment viewing for you? No, I agree, not yet. I think, though, they have got an interesting mix of people, which, as you say at the moment, they're all getting on nicely, other than Boy George. But I'm wondering if once Matt Hancock and Sean Walsh come in, that that is going to cause more friction Sean, obviously not that Sean is a, a controversial figure in the same way, but I'm wondering if because he's another comedian, if him and Babatundi and Chris Moyles will kind of be fighting for that role. I, I don't know. I can just I can see that causing friction. 
Uh, and obviously, Matt Hancock, how is anybody going to interact with them? What, mm. you know, that, I'm interested to see that. So in that sense, it is uh, appointment viewing. But then... I might, I might keep watching just to see if his luxury item is a polar neck. Because this would make everything go full circle for me. Or some PPE. Yes. <laughs> Are we going to be rolling out the Good Evening Prime Ministers as oh, well? Oh, I'm absolutely certain. I know that neither of you watched last year, but I was just thinking about it, that that was the thing that it was remembered for last year, was all the party gate jokes that Anton Deck made. So, I mean, that I think that this is please right into Anton Deck's hands. So I can see, you know, obviously... There's a huge controversy on one side for having Matt Hancock in it, but from the show's point of view, they're giving them the easiest material they've ever, you know, ever had. He's right there, and they can just make so many jokes. John and I were also saying before Matt joined the call that we should have just. You're making recorded... it sound like you were together for about we an sh- hour. Before. We should have just recorded that and put that out. <laughs> um, I feel like this year, everybody is doing the show, stepping out of their current career and presumably hopes to go back to their current career. So if Chris Moyles, for just using him as an example, not saying he's a, a divisive character, but just if he has a real moment and does something awful and wrecks his career on the show, then he's not going to be able to go to, back to his breakfast show on Radio X. Same as I said about Charlene reading the news, it might be awkward. It feels a little bit more Presumably like these... these people have contracts, though. Yeah, but we live in a world now where you say the wrong thing and those contracts can just disappear. So it does feel more sort of on mm. edge this year because I think everybody's got a job they can go back to or they want to go back to and they are in the public eye more than perhaps previous... Like when Tony Blackburn was on... No one was really... I mean, he worked on Radio 2 and stuff, but nobody would have minded if Tony Black... Still does. Yes. I don't know if he lives there, though, to be honest. (laughs) He may as well do. But, yeah, it just feels a bit more volatile from that perspective because they're all still... I said about them being old, but they're all relatively youngish. They're all still in the midst of all their careers. It just seems a little bit volatile, and I can see Chris Moyles, Boy George... Something happening where I those Jill two... Scott's the only one, isn't she? She's recently retired. She's not really. Yeah. I mean, I suppose she's looking for sort of broadcasting yeah. roles. She's got and that I, I think money still... to fall back on. Like four people get those jokes. Like four <laughs> people get those jokes. <laughs> I suppose Sean Walsh is the only one who's sort of going in for a career revival, isn't he? Because I suppose the link between him and Hancock is both had like. Uh, yeah. Kisses that ruined their careers, and I wonder if they'll play into that. If there'll be some sort of bond over that, <laughs> well, so... if there'll be some sort of you know not task, but something about that, you know, like because they they're putting them in on their own to start off with. The two of them are going into Snake Rock, apparently, just those two. So it'd be great if it was just those two in Snake Rock the entire time. And nobody else <laughs> and knew they wives Yeah, make it like a first dates type scenario. Was it X on the beach? That's what another show. Oh, yes. They can perhaps put them on that desert island. That's not being used anymore. If uh, Nick Hancock and um, Sean Walsh are together... Nick Hancock? Matt Hancock. (laughs) They think it's all over. It will be soon. What's the one where they have to put their their head in the thing and you have to open stuff with their tongue? Remember, they had to... Yeah, 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 they'll do that at some point. That's it. Yeah, you've called it. There we go. Prediction. Okay, well... 
this podcast will never end if we just keep coming back to say our predictions went the way we thought. My initial reaction was it's doing, like I said, the greatest hits. The second one I enjoyed more. It doesn't feel vital to me, but there's not a lot else on the TV. And Anton Deck make it more more of a fun show than it would be with anyone else at the helm. So for the time being, I'll stick with it. What and it's got you, the Matt? escapism aspect as well, hasn't it? Which it hasn't had the last two years. And it's just, it's nice to be back. And it's nice to have that familiarity, I think. Even the task, you know, the familiarity of them standing on top of that uh, building and walking out on the flats. Mm. It, I quite like that. I like that it's bringing back all the old favourites, you know. Yeah, I would like it to surprise us occasionally. Were you not surprised by Mike Tyndall's rapping? I was slightly, yes. Well, that is us. Let's go back to us in the past where Dawn was full of COVID-19. We're now back with our past selves. Uh, but something we're going to talk about now is the new Walter Presents show. Why don't you try as best you can to set up what is the Agatha Christie adaptation done in the language of French. Yeah, so it's an adaptation, as Luke was saying, of and then there were none, uh, but it's a modern-day adaptation, and the press release had said it was the first time that this has been done. So it, it starts with uh, two police officers arriving on a seemingly deserted island. They happen upon a video recording from a lady they recognise as Nina. Officers first... Uh, meet Nina on the mainland several days prior when she had her bag stolen. Soon after, Nina boards the plane to the island that we started the episode on with uh, six other strangers. Odd things start happening. Um, when Nina goes into her little bungalow, uh, she finds a fish wriggling in one of the drawers. Uh, and soon after, the Wi-Fi signal to the island is severed. The arrival of uh, a New Age guru, Vincent, brings into the the thing a helicopter, which he then tries to escape on. This is thwarted when the helicopter's also been sabotaged. Uh, The 10, who also include the hotel's two staff members, are told by a uh, recording that they have come to Devil Island. And the one thing that links them all is that they've all uh, committed murder in the past and they are now going to pay for those crimes. Uh, Pepper throughout the episode are flashbacks uh, for some of the characters. The majority of the flashbacks in this first episode uh, centre around the hotel's cook, Miriam, uh, who killed one of her ex- her employees, Marilyn, after Marilyn was going to report Miriam's son to the police after he raped her. Uh, but unfortunately for Miriam, it do- she doesn't make it to the end of the first episode as she is the first of the ten to be killed on the island. I ended up watching it all i know that's good god no luke dawn could have told you which episode i know know. if you know the plot and it is apparently the biggest selling crime thriller book in history in the world so if you know the plot you kind of can guess from the start lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who is each sort of representative? Although they're different characters from the book, there's not a judge and there's not... There is a policewoman. There is a doctor. There is a... You know, it's very similar. So when you're doing a remake of something that has been done so well before, you really have to bring something additional to make up for the fact that you can pretty much know how it's going to go. And I don't think they did that. I did find the women confusing at first. It took me about three episodes to differentiate between the three dark-haired, middle-aged women. Well, one of them had the dog, Dawn. Not by the second (laughs) episode, she didn't. No, (laughs) that's true. Do you know, the worst thing about it, the CGI was horrifically mm. bad. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Every time we saw the island from the air, mm. oh, I've seen better things on kids' TV. It was so badly done. It just made it look so cheap. Yeah. I, I think they would have been better if they'd focused on the two police who investigate it. They do later on in the episodes, as you get to, I think it's about episode four. I think that would have been more interesting to have it from their point of view and they the and, and also you know who who is going to die next because you you get their backstory in full. So each episode you go, well I know who they're about to die because we've just had the mm-hmm. what their murder was. Mm-hmm. It didn't bring anything new. It tries to, there's a lot of social commentary in the murders that, that people trafficking, there's trying to get out the hood and gang warfare and mm. sexual assault, but it just all felt a bit Waitlist. Even though I watched it all like that, I just thought I'll just get through it all and see what every person has done. But I, yeah, watch the BBC version. Oh, it's, it's much superior. better. Nina, who is like our proxy, I guess, because we're introduced to her first with the bag stolen. She has a really irritating habit that no one of the characters do. Do you know what that is, Dawn? No, I don't know. Yeah, you you do. You probably just didn't register it. She occasionally speaks English for no reason. Yes. And nobody else seems to pick up on it. I don't know whether that's because she knows these people can speak English, but she does it so often. And I'm like, well, what what are you doing? Why are you speaking English? Why? And I'm guessing that doesn't play into the plot at all. No, but by the end of it, I cared more about the two two police officers from the mainland. That is a new element, isn't it? The the officers investigating it is is what they've brought to this. And obviously, if if that's the bit you liked, then actually they've maybe done well in in bringing something new to it. And the stuff that doesn't work is the fact that they're adapting it. Yes, I agree. There's also some some technical things. So these big set pieces are set up on the island that would take a lot of effort and a lot of time. And there's there's always people talking and busying themselves and trying to find a way out and then they happen upon something that's been set up and they go i'm sure that wasn't there a minute ago and you think well how can one person if it is someone within the group sneak away and create this whole platform with all these dolls on it to represent the the 10 people that were there all of that didn't really work i didn't really buy it i agree actually the only thing i liked 
and it's only because I saw more of the second episode than I should have done, is I did like the dynamic between the male and female police officers. I liked their banter. I liked that she was of a younger generation and they seemed to have a proper care for one another. I, I thought they felt really contemporary. But the rest of it, I felt, was really cliched. I loved Sarah Phelps's and then there were none. And also, it might be the UK's biggest and freest streaming service, but the amount of ads we were forced to sit through is obscene. At points, I had to busy myself with other things. I thought, oh, I'll just go on to another tab. No, it stops if you do that. Oh, I'll just check my iTunes. No, it stops if you do that. I had to go into another room and busy myself for three minutes. It's obscene the amount of adverts you have to sit through. But that's how they pay. That's how it's the biggest free streaming service. That's how they pay for it. Well, I know that the the, uh, format is let's spend a bit of time on the backstory of each person who's going to eventually meet their end. I understood that was the format, but I felt it meant that you weren't connecting very easily with the characters. Mm. The only other thing that I'd say is... The way that first person, Marilyn, meets her end was surprisingly graphic and awful. I couldn't quite believe yeah. that this quite sedate, almost comedic crime drama had this awful death of this perfectly lovely French waitress or whatever she was, who through no fault of her own found herself in this situation. And the way this cook or manager or whoever she was went about killing her was the most graphic and violent thing I've seen in a long time and I couldn't quite marry the two. I thought, well, she's going to die in a similar way to sort of payback. But no, she just sort of gets pushed in the pool after being whacked in the face. Now, without saying who it is, is it plausible that the person that did it has the physical strength and capability of doing all the things that they do to people throughout the series? No, and you watch the first episode, that scene where Miriam is killed, um, mm. and you see the, the murderer come out, big black cloak or whatever. Mm. However, they show the killer next to Miriam, and you can see that person's outline of their height and build. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it's obviously not this person, this person, this person. You were working this... so hard, they weren't working this hard. <laughs> it gave too much away in showing the the killer up close, even though they were shrouded in a cloak, it still gave too much away. But mm. there, there is more to it in terms of how they are able to get away with it. And, the, and it's not a spoiler to say it's the same way that's in the novel and that there is an accomplice at some point. But no, I, I didn't think about the, be- the believability of whether that person was in the scenes you know and or or with it. i'm assuming for me it was more did they have the physical prowess and strength yeah. to take these people down no so we've ruined the series now for anyone who wants to watch it i think to enjoy it you have to switch your brain off and just mm. go with it and yeah i don't have that yeah. capability i know you don't you need my to get brain that. is always on <laughs> too much sometimes yeah go on, um Matt. yeah i mean you you've basically said everything um I think if this was on Netflix, everyone would would have watched it and everyone would be talking, like, at the moment in the office, everyone's talking about The Watcher and you the Dharma thing. You need to change thing. workplaces. But this is what I always say about Netflix. You know, everyone watches these series. 
Nobody cares about these, like, plot contrivances. If, already... if I had colleagues that did that, I would either have to change workplaces or Look, go No back... one has Apple TV+. Plus. No one can pay go, for another streaming go, service. Will they get rid of Netflix? <laughs> No, because everyone what everyone oh, has Netflix. I, I don't. Well, we'll it's talk the about, algorithm. We'll talk about it, Netflix and its brilliance later on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I suppose this is very much one of those switch your brain off. I mean, I didn't really pick up on the CGI, if I'm honest. But I, I sort of now you're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. The speed it went at was enough to sort of keep you interested. You know, here's another flashback for a bit. As you say, that death at the end of Marilyn was just like, you know, here, catch this. I mean, it's very slasher film, isn't it? Rather than an Agatha Christie adaptation, which, you know, if you know the story, then you know the beats, you know that the servants, as are the staff in this, are the first ones to go. Reading... Nina's backstory, hers seems very similar to the character who is the lead, isn't it? I, I can't remember the character's name now, in the lead in the in the story. Certainly in that adaptation, she was the last one to die, wasn't she? Because Charles yeah. Dance killed her. Spoiler. Um, and, <laughs> so there is enough going on there. I think it feels more like a modern slasher than it does an Agatha Christie adaptation. I sort of thought, shall I go on? But I was thinking, if I do go on, I am just going to watch the last episode to find out who the killer is. And then I found uh, an Italian Wikipedia article which had the names of all the characters on to set the thing up. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. As I say, if this was on Netflix, this would be the one that everyone's talking about. As it's on All Four Walk Presents, nobody knows that exists. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's not something that I had enough intrigue in to sort of continue watching and i think we've just sort of spoiled it for everyone now (laughs) they were 10 is available now via all four which doesn't let you use your ad blocker and you have to sit through the flaming adverts uh, on Channel 4's All 4 service it's at the, the moment. It's the UK's biggest free streaming service, All Stop 4. Stop plugging them. Heard? Stop <laughs> plugging them. I'm annoyed at I them. have been indoctrinated. Yes. Uh, what was next on our rant list? Horn section, which is also on All 4. Okay, so this is Alex Horn and the Horn section. If you know who they are, you know who they are. This is his first sitcom. It's very meta. It starts with him on the set of Taskmaster being shown as Greg Davis's sort of lackey, he's always wanting to break free of the shackles of being second in command and wants to host his own show, which he does via the comforts of his own home. And uh, he has help from comedian Desiree Birch, who is his first guest and is living in the room next door, and John Oliver, who is somehow in this, despite being the brilliant John Oliver on HBO's Last Week Tonight, is involved as well. Now, I have to say, to start this off, I am not alone in this. It seems to be a thing with TV critics. TV critic. I class myself as a TV critic. Nobody in my circle can understand the popularity of, of Taskmaster. It's like one of these things that only the general viewing public seems to lap up, and nobody in I've our circle... I've got quite a few friends who like Taskmaster. This is what I'm saying. The general public love it, but the... Critic Sarah likes it. Did you I know? love it. She's not. likes it. She's yeah. not a critic. You're not a critic. The, the general public love it, and and like even the biggest critics you can think of, just can't get their head around it. And so I didn't. Uh, spoiler: I didn't want to watch this because I have no interest in Alex Horn. I didn't realise before starting it, it that it was quite as meta and true to light and sort of based 
off his quirky life a little bit. It's all tongue-in-cheek and they all know what they're doing. And Greg Davis is here playing a really larger-than-life version of himself, talking down to Alex Horn. And it was just strange, just really strange. I it's took it's sort of curb your enthusiasm yeah, is the model, but, but, isn't it? But, yeah, but the... nowhere near as clever or, no. or spontaneous or witty as, a, as Alex Horn's own vehicle, I thought he was the weakest thing about it. If this was genuinely his shot at a sitcom and he decided to make himself the most boring element of it, I enjoyed, and I say enjoyed in the biggest air quotes possible, I enjoyed the bits that I thought I would enjoy, which is where the horn section are there and he's making music with them. And I would have enjoyed far more a sitcom about the the band trying to make an album or... I know something about the band going on tour, but all this about getting your friends involved and doing a chat show, none of it rang true. I thought it was really hokey, really irritated me because it wasn't funny, and I just wanted it to end very, very quickly, and Dawn's probably watched the whole series and tells me it gets better. No, I didn't. Were <laughs> uh, you quite sick with COVID at this point, I take it? No, this was before the COVID had taken effect. Okay. So my... You said you curved your enthusiasm as the the model. I, I I was thinking number seventy three. That was that. That, oh that was a good meta God. TV show. What was that? Number seventy three. Oh, you're too young, Matt. <laughs> it Who even knows what you're talking about? He's younger than I am. I think I do. I think I know what you mean. Saturday yeah. morning yeah. kids show with Sandy Talksfit. Yeah. Like, oh, I think I've heard of it. I've yeah. seen history programs about it. Dawn. History program. The one where they <laughs> dig up dinosaur bones and they're watching number 73. <laughs> but it was very meta. You know, they were making yeah. a TV show and Sandy yeah. Toxic was playing a character. They were all yeah. sort of playing a version of themselves. Uh, but I just, I agree, it just wasn't funny at all. I love Taskmaster, but the thing I like least about it is the shtick they have, which is Greg and Alex and Greg is horrible to Alex and Alex just is pathetic and takes Mm. it. I don't enjoy that and it's multiplied by 10 in this show and Mm. I just thought I I don't want to see, I know it's not real but I still don't want to see somebody bullied repeatedly. When I've seen them and I've only seen them very sporadically the band is incredibly talented the songs are humorous. If we'd have had an on the road show with them touring or recording an album even if they'd done it sort of like a behind the music type how the band or a flight got of together. the concords yes exactly yeah. anything other than what this ended up being i'd have enjoyed in brackets more than this the songs by the horn section are the only bit i enjoyed they're very funny you know i would lose all hope to live and then the horn section would do a song and i would actually laugh out loud but then as soon as they were back to the main action. Yeah. Also, they were all in his dressing room after he finished Taskmaster, and I was thinking, oh, are they actually there, or is it part? are they going to be part of his imagination that he goes to to escape? Because how could all those people fit in one dressing room? But again, that was me working harder than the show. None of it rang true. It's not a great comedic platform for anyone. Yeah, a mess. It feels very much like a vanity project. Like, you know, you both have come up with, like, better ideas of what a show with Alex Horn and the Horn section could be, other than, you know, I, I suppose we use could be enthusiasm because it's the, the big sort of meta thing, mm-hmm. isn't it, with a comedian playing themselves. There have been others as well, but that's the one. Larry, that... Larry Sanders show, yeah. I was thinking. 
I suppose Leb Balloon was wasn't Jack D playing Jack D, but it was very sort of similar, wasn't it? There was hints of that. But this is, you know, we've got the sort of the faux version of Greg Davis. We've got the faux version of Taskmaster. It's very confused when you've got De- is Desiree Birch, isn't it? That's yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing a character rather than herself. And then him saying that he only knows people from Taskmaster who've been on Taskmaster and she's been on Taskmaster. Yeah. So that's where these, these sort of blurring the lines gets confusing when you're having the mixture of people playing themselves like Greg Davis and then people... And John Oliver. And John yeah. Oliver. And then people like Desiree Birch playing characters. I agree with you as well. The best bits were the Chinese Five Spice song and the bit at the end with Greg Davis doing the... Um, the rum, not the rum, but what was it? Bossa Nova and a Bossa Nova, yeah. Yeah, Alex Horn can't act, no. so that's the problem when you're in a sitcom. Again, like the Channel Four people are like, well, Taskmaster's popular. Here you go, you know, it's it's done well on its transfer over from Dave to Channel Four. I mean, I've I've tried with Taskmaster. I, I it's just a bit too silly for me. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think that's where I land on it. I like... I always like, oh, I like this opening task where they always have to bring something, don't they? And then after that, when it gets outside of the studio and they do these surreal things, I just, I, I can't get into it. Mm. So that's that's where I stand on it. But, you know, I think they are trying to get that audience who like Alex Horn because of Taskmaster. But you're right, Luke, they don't, you know, he's very sort of put upon. He's doing everyone's laundry and presumably, like, now he's got his show, again, it's going to be very meta. I've seen, like, Martin Kemp's going to be on it and Big Zoo is going to be on it. Yeah. So it's just it's just a really strange one. And you, I think, as we're saying, they could have done so much more with a sitcom about Alex Horn and the Horn section, and this is what they've chosen to do. I know their new model is to put stuff on, on all four before it goes on the main channel, but then when they do put it on the main channel, they're putting it in double bills over three weeks, so it'll be over quite quickly. I don't know. I feel like this is a real misfire from them. Have we sold it? <laughs> <laughs> the horn section is all available now on all four and still will be by the time it's on TV uh, by the 17th of November. Uh, did you genuinely not have any inclination to go on, Dawn? Because that that should be the barometer. You don't need to give... In fact, no, you don't need to give a review. All you need to do is yeah. tell us how many you watched, and if it was only the first one, that is your review. It that just, is the most it, telling thing of all. It really did absolutely nothing for me. And yeah. because I love Taskmaster, I was disappointed. <laughs> but I just, yeah. no. And finally, everybody loves Netflix, but do they love Blockbuster on Netflix? Matt's going to set this one up for us because I asked him to. Because he used to work in a video shop is what you should say. Oh, yes. Because synergy. He used, 
That's exactly why this is happening, <laughs> and not because I couldn't remember any character names. So this is Blockbuster. It focuses on Randall Park's Timmy. He's worked at the local Blockbuster store since he was in seventh grade. Early on in the first episode, Timmy learns that his is the last Blockbuster store. Blockbuster's corporate offices have also closed, meaning that the store is going to have to survive on its own. Enlisting the help of the employees, including Eliza... Uh, who is sort of the love interest. The two plan a block party to celebrate the area's other local businesses. However, when Timmy's overbearing friend, party store owner Percy, takes over proceedings, Eliza becomes angry and leaves the boys to their own devices. The party itself is a disaster following Percy setting off some bottle rockets. However, this disaster is captured by the store's wannabe filmmaker Carlos and becomes a viral sensation, leading the store to get some much-needed publicity. However, when Timmy tries to confess his feelings for Eliza, she reveals that she's giving her marriage one last try for the sake of her daughter. Shall we go to the Dawn Barometer? Yes, the Dawn Barometer. <laughs> Which way is it swinging? I watched three episodes. Okay, so now, see, it doesn't work, actually, as a thing, because I don't know if you watched three because and then you got COVID and just got struck down and couldn't have the the strength to press number four in in the Netflix thing or whether <laughs> you only watch three so actually the barometer fails unless you watch the whole thing the barometer sort of fails so we've wasted a lot of time on the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, go on then. You tell you tell me what you thought first of all. So I only watched one, so my barometer is very low. And to be fair to Blockbuster, often is. If I'd have watched the first episode of most of my favourite comedies, they would not have blossomed into what became my favourite comedies. To be fair to Blockbuster, I should have carried on and done a dawn because all comedies, as we say, take time to breathe, take time to find their feet. But the reason I only watched one is because it felt quite... And I'm going to have to move. I can see Matt's judgmental face and his polar neck, so I'm going to have to just move that down. There you go, you can't. <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> the judgmental polar neck does not exist now. But yeah, I only watched one because it just felt a little empty. You know, the premise of this blockbuster, which is a conglomerate and they're sort of setting up like a family business and the, the irony is there throughout that blockbuster doesn't exist anymore because of Netflix and then here we are watching it on Netflix the three central performances, if we're talking Randall Park, Melissa Fumero and J.B. Smooth, they all work well in, in the other shows they're from. Randall Park from Veep uh, and Fresh Off the Boat, Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and J.B. Smooth, oddly enough, from the aforementioned Kirby Enthusiasm. You have to believe, if you want this dynamic to work, that all these three people were roughly the same age and they aren't. It's a really glaring thing that, you're supposed to just gloss over. There was no funny lines there, really. I thought the dynamics were very sitcom-y in as much as everyone had a witty comment to say, a lot of banter. But none of it, it didn't have any of the heart. This comes from the creators of Parks and Rec and Superstore. And that show, Superstore, I didn't stick with, but I know it does have a lot of heart to it. And so I expected this to have a bit more warmth. It's somewhat an underdog story, but somewhat not, and I just didn't connect with it at all. And the, the fact that nobody has spoken about this big sitcom, which is kind of new for Netflix to do anyway, because they kind of killed the traditional sitcom, but have had success 
with traditional sitcoms on the platform, Friends is still the number one thing that people watch on Netflix worldwide. The Office, before that was taken down in the US, was the number one thing streamed on Netflix. So they knew that people need a big tentpole sitcom like this to gravitate towards. And I just don't think this first episode showcased the talent or showcased the ability of what the show could be or would be for me. Because I just didn't find any of it funny. I was hoping by the time J.B. Smooth comes along that he might change the terms of it a bit and be a bit more risque and a bit a bit more of a funny side character. But he was very predictable in, in what his character was. Yeah, I, I don't rate this at all. To me, it felt like a photo fit where they'd taken all these elements from Superstore, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, from Parks and Recs, whatever, put them all together. Well, you know, she, um, Melissa Romero, right, she's great in a, in a romantic, uh, will they, won't they, we'll put her in, and we'll use the el- same element from Amy in Superstore that she's married and uh, has a child, and it was like it was done by numbers. Let's put this and this and this. And it, it wasn't bad, but it just didn't capture me in any way it didn't as you say it didn't have that warmth it didn't have the heart that I, I normally would be looking for and Randall Park who I love in one division and things like that he felt very blah very nothing he didn't stand out as a leading man I didn't fall in love with him and want him to do well and... also with the will they won't they I'm not sure how yeah. no. how much I buy Randall Park and Melissa Fumero together, which you shouldn't do. You should be going this character and that character together. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't really feel any connection with them really as a pairing. No, if it felt a very forced will they won't they? It didn't mm. feel organic. It didn't feel like a real relationship that they'd had this past. And obviously, I'm uh, willing to get on board with most ship, but it just didn't didn't gel. I think that's the word. It didn't yeah. gel for me. Nothing There's lots gel. of that didn't work together. What did the phone think? I used to work in a video shop in a small town. This could have been anywhere. This didn't have to be Blockbuster. That's the thing that got me is that the element of this is the last video shop and, you know, Netflix, who are very careful not to shower themselves as the villain in this. The mention of Netflix early on when the, the guy who says he's he keeps getting recommended the Great British Bake Off and I his couldn't wife understand what him. year we were supposed to be either. That sort of threw me. I think it's meant to be modern day because they mentioned Bridgerton, didn't they? Yeah, but they the Bridgerton. last blockbuster did close a few years ago, I thought. Mm. This is now. Okay. And, yeah, I don't think it's a period piece. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spot a bonnet, to be fair. No, um... But there's that thing, isn't there, that streaming services in general have sort of killed off the video rental business. And early on, you think maybe this is going to be a commentary on that because there's the customer who has broken up with his wife and they all recommend these different films. And he recommends Under the Tuscan Sun, which I'm sure is a Luke favourite. Have you even heard of that film? I've heard of it. And there's a Diane Lane gag in a 2022 sitcom. (laughs) Uh, But... Generally, a lot of the action happens outside of the blockbuster. The trope characters that you've got in this, you've got the older lady who sort of talks around things. You've got the wannabe filmmaker Mm -hmm. who doesn't like to be on camera. You've got the young in-your-face girl who's the daughter of J.B. Smooth's character who we don't learn that, I believe, until the end of the 
the first episode when she says that's my dad and it's the first time he says it's the first time she's called me dad without using the word cook and then there's the sort of the airhead character as well and they all seem to sort of just have one line each reacting to what's going on with the quote-unquote main characters mm. but I, I know and you mentioned in Superstore and you mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine and you've got the creator here Vanessa Ramirez wrote prolifically on both of those shows mm-hmm. both of those programs as well were successful on Netflix I believe Luke they, they were so they're looking for something like that they're looking for the next show but I think they've tried to amalgamate too many elements and I just feel like for something that you know is priding itself on this is about the last blockbuster there's very little elements and I'm not sure I haven't watched on if if there if that's something that changes dawn in the next few episodes or it's just this is a workplace sitcom that just happens to be in the last blockbuster yeah the latter definitely mm. yeah the carlos the young guy the filmmaker and the ditzy blonde they have a really lovely relationship and i started mm. to hear about them far more than i did about the leads so they they do build up the secondary characters a bit but um, unfortunately it just highlighted how not interesting the leads were mm. maybe you know in the algorithms they're looking at like families watch superstore and Brooklyn, things like that together things that you can watch mm. with the kids because you shouldn't be watching the watcher with the kids sorry no. somebody's got to watch <laughs> the watcher because we don't know what he's up to <laughs> Uh, but that's, I think, what Netflix are looking for is like that retention of family audiences. And that's why I think you are going to see more and more of these, you know, 20 minute, half an hour traditional sitcoms. They will have success when Girls 5 ever launches because they'll have the first two seasons. And a lot of people in the States won't even know that existed because Peacock isn't that well used or known about. So that will find a whole new life. And I'm so excited about that for that show. So sometimes the Netflix effect can work wonders for a show, um, but sometimes it can get lost, and I think this is one of the cases where it gets lost. But these sort of sitcoms still still work. I just spoke to Dawn off off mic, well on the mic, but off the podcast. If I spoke to her off mic, she wouldn't have heard me. But about Abbott Elementary and uh, <laughs> and how that is now the highlight of my my week, watching that nefariously. It's blossed. It was already great in the first season. And it has blossomed into something wonderful. But I think you could watch the pilot of that show as we did. And I know it's a rare thing, but it comes out of the womb, the production womb, pretty fully formed. And and this just didn't. And I suppose we're not used to that as much now. That was actually in my mind when I watched it, was Albert Elementary. I was comparing it in the sense of it landed fully formed and mm. repaired. It showed its heart very quickly. And yeah. Blockbuster so, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I'll put this one out because <laughs> I suppose I should because we've all made the effort. But what a waste of all our time. I'm sorry. And a waste of yours for listening. But hopefully there's been some gags along the way and, and hopefully... I you've think done... we've had fun. I think you'll do fan art of Matt in his polar neck and send that in. And gloves. And gloves, <laughs> yeah. Okay. If I die from COVID and this is the last TV I've watched... Oh, so... God. <laughs> I will oh, talk to you. Well, hopefully... Touch wood, you'll be with us tomorrow to Future Dawn. We can, yes. I, to, to it will be. The, it will be. I'm a celebrity, so to, you know. To go break out the high. fourth wall a bit, I'm. Uh, I can see her on webcam. It's sort of fifty-fifty. In my um, haste to yell at Matt for making me watch the second episode of the show, we didn't do the plugs at the beginning, which we normally do. So we'll do them at the end. 
have you done recording or anything else? we could do them tomorrow and we could put them in oh, God. No, okay we, <laughs> we have not recorded anything new at the moment because it's back to university time yeah so my co-presenter is doing her masters but we're hoping to produce, uh, produce some stuff over christmas yeah. or you can catch up on the shipyards uh all we did a, a lot of christmas episodes last year watching christmas specials uh, so if you want to get into the christmasy moves you can Check us out on the Shipyard USD, on YouTube or Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we are there as well. Rate and review us on all your podcast apps. And subscribe. And subscribe. If you'd like to be a Dawn, we do not require a COVID negative test. You can come on <laughs> sick as a dog as Dawn has today. Although, although preferably we'd like you in full health. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> like... But we're not juicy is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> It does not the be all and end all. You don't what... require a full medical before no. coming on, is what no. Luke's saying. Uh, if you want to join the team, you can more than welcome to. You can just email Custard TV Reviews with an S on the end at gmail.com or you can get in touch various ways for the time being, at least on Twitter. Hopefully that <laughs> stays alive. Uh, at Luke Custard TV, at Custard TV Pod, or at Match TV Bites, several ways of getting in touch. I tell you what, if, in all seriousness, if Twitter disappears, I don't see me having a purpose. How will I chat every so often with TV's Danny Mays if I don't have Twitter? That is the podcast. Sorry about it this week. Not on me. It's on the, next the... week will be will be <laughs> some more prominent shows. We'll be doing The Crown next week. We will be doing The English next week. We'll be doing Mammals next week. So, you know, it's not our fault. You know, we don't do the schedules. We yeah, just watch what's there. Yeah, we could have a week off when, you know, when, when TV's not trying. We watch what's trying. there, Luke. When TV's not trying, why should we? That's my new I story. haven't told you we're reviewing all the World Cup matches yet. I will mention that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dawn. I hope you feel better soon. Take care. Thank you. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.